Hey, y'all. Real quick before I hit play on this episode of Familypreneur for you, I want to be sure that you know that I have a brand new podcast available for you to check out. It's called Just Marketing, and you can find it on this podcast platform. Go ahead and search for Just Marketing and hit subscribe so you don't miss anything. Then come back here and listen to this episode of Familypreneur. It'll still be here waiting for you. Welcome to Familypreneur, the podcast for parent entrepreneurs raising kidpreneurs. It's time for your weekly dose of inspiration and actionable tips to build your business and find better balance, all while strengthening your family. And now we'd like to introduce your host. She's my mom and the bomb.com, Meg Brunson. Hey there, thank you for joining me today. This is such an exciting episode for me because it is episode 100. I don't know, there's just something so exciting about being into triple digits. So I really want to thank those of you who are listening, who have been with me from the beginning. I know there are a lot of you, and I really appreciate it. It's been a really fun journey for me. And if you're new, you've got a lot of content you can go back to, to listen to, and I'm happy to have you with me as we go on to our next 100 episodes. Now, real quick, before we introduce today's amazing guest... If you are listening um, the week this releases, we are in April. Depending upon what part of the country you live in, you may already be planning for summer break. So here in Phoenix, our kids are finishing up school in a month. Oh my gosh, how crazy is that? I don't know where the time has gone. Now, I'm also from New York, so I know my New York friends are not even thinking about the end of school yet because their kiddos go to school through June. But depending upon where you are, you still may be starting to plan for summer break and what you're going to do with your kids. Now, I have a unique opportunity for you guys, especially if your kiddos are in that in-between range, right? So they might be somewhere in between 8 and 14, where you're starting to wonder, at what point they're going to be okay to stay home alone, whether that's for a whole day during the summer or for a couple hours in between activities, things like that. Well, when I lived in New York, I was super lucky that we had what they called a home alone class that my daughter was able to attend. When I moved to Phoenix, they didn't have that class. So my younger kiddos don't get the benefit of that that opportunity. But what I did is I took everything that was in the class, I put my own spin on it, and I've created an online independence class. So I do call it Home Alone Class, but it's really beneficial for kids, even if you're not quite ready to leave your kiddo home alone, because we talk a lot about independent skills and Sometimes, let's face it, some unexpected things may happen where your child may find themselves in a situation where they are responsible for making some pretty big decisions, whether you're in the shower or, you know, you're late getting home from work or, heaven forbid, some medical issue happens with their caregiver. So this course is really important to me because I really think it's important that we equip our children to be prepared for situations just in general that they may encounter. And that's the content that I've put into this course. So they are video lessons for your kiddo to watch and then combined with some parent prompts so that you and your child can work together to ensure that everybody feels 
comfortable and safe with the procedures that are in place. So I'd love if you are in that position where you're starting to question whether your kiddo is prepared with the independence-related skills that they should have by this point in their life, um, you can head over to homealoneclass.com and check out everything that we have available for you there. I think you'll be glad that you did. Now, without any further ado, it's time to introduce our guest. She helps kids of all ages share their voices and make a bigger impact using the technology that they already have at their fingertips. She's shifting the paradigm from consumption time on devices into creation time by equipping kids with real-world skills, like podcasting, so they can share their stories, learn to serve others, and fund their adventures in the process. I'm so excited to be hosting the founder of Our Young Creators, Yang Pratt. Hi, Yang. Thank you so much for joining me. Hello, Meg. Thank you so much for inviting me. I am so excited for our chat today. Oh, me too. I feel like we have been connected for a really long time and just scheduling is not always <laughs> easy. So I'm excited that we're finally connecting on this podcast. We connected on your podcast not too long ago. Yes, and that took some doing as well. So to connect twice in a very short span of time after we've known of each other for a long time feels really amazing. Yes, definitely. So I want to just jump right in. I want you to tell us about the experiment that resulted in founding your business, Our Young Creators. Sure. So this experiment was a little bit crazy, and I thought for a while that I was crazy that I was thinking about this. But last fall, I kind of was in this place in my business where I needed to let go of my virtual assistants, and I wasn't really committed to bringing on another one because this one and I had worked together for over a year, and it just felt like a really big hurdle to have to overcome, especially towards the end of the year, and I was just not sure. So what I did instead, I actually approached both of my daughters. They were 11 and 14 at the time. And I kind of had to ask them in a multitude of different ways to get the response that I really was looking for about if they would join me on this adventure and, you know, learn from each other side by side, meaning, you know, hey, my youngest is Daphne. You know, Daphne, would you be interested in putting together my presentation in Google Slides? You know, like these little tiny jobs that she was learning Google Slides in school. And so she was excited. And what she came back with, I was blown away with all these automations and cool things. And it kind of just built from there. With one little task at a time, I had them doing more and more in my business. And when I started to share this with my other entrepreneurial friends, they kind of said, wait, your kids? are doing these things, your kids are posting to social, your kids are managing your blog, what is going on? So it was from those kind of questions that I, I thought, this is cool. You know, it was an experiment for me. I wasn't sure how it was going to turn out. And it ended up being really my favorite parts of the week when my kids and I could literally sit together shoulder to shoulder, elbow to elbow, you know, under a blanket because it was the middle of winter and create things like presentations and blog posts and social media graphics. And what happened is that we ended up really having a good time. We were laughing, we were joking, and it felt more like play than work. And I thought, 
this is really cool. So when I did start telling other people about this experiment, they wanted to get in on the fun too. That's awesome. So I'm curious, did they require any incentive? Were you paying them or how did that work? So I kind of approached it like this, like they were going to be my apprentices and they were going to learn from me because the ultimate goal that I had for them was once they learn these skill sets, these different things, tasks that are very tech oriented, I wanted to be able to put them out in the marketplace to work for other people because, you know, they both have their eyes set on college. And so they really wanted to start sort of start taking that planning in their own hands. So I sort of said, okay, well, rather than me paying you right now in the beginning, why don't I teach you these things? And when you can do them independently and you don't need me sitting next to you, then I can start paying you. And then when you can show me that you can do it really well and you don't need my reminders every day, you don't need me pushing you to do these things, then I can go see if there are people who are other entrepreneurs who need help in certain areas that you have expertise in now. And so that was kind of the progression. It started with nothing, but the thought of them really like having their own job and being able to control their own hours and, you know, really the freedom of what entrepreneurship has to offer and understanding that at a young age, like that was the biggest piece to them. Like, oh, whoa, you mean people will pay me to do this thing? Because it's really easy for me. So we've had a lot of great discussions about, well, if it's easy, that means it's not worth a lot to us maybe, but to somebody else, you're adding value to their business. You're letting them continue what they're doing without having to worry about these behind the scenes things. So how did you know what tasks they would be best suited for? Or was there some trial and error there? There has definitely been some trial and error for sure. And in the beginning, it was just kind of taking a look at what they liked to do. And again, my daughter, Daphne, in school, she was learning how to do Google Slides. So she would, in her spare time, create slideshow presentations about her favorite books. And she was just doing this for fun. So I kind of challenged her and said, okay, I have these ideas. Here's all the text you need to put on there. Can you put it into a presentation for me? And then, you know, literally a couple hours later, and and, I mean, a full hour presentation, like she had it all done with automations and it was beautiful. It was not what I had envisioned. Mm -hmm. However, it was better than I could have ever imagined. That's awesome. Now, I know that you talk a lot about turning consumption time into creation time. And I have to be honest that in my house, I feel like we have too much consumption time and that's for everybody. I'm guilty of it too. So I'd love to know some of your tips on how to turn consumption into creation. Sure. And this is a really big topic too, because it really goes back to you know, having to take a hard look at ourselves as parents and how are we spending time during our day? And when the family's home, are we all in our own places in the house looking at our devices? And if that's the case, maybe you take 30 minutes of that time and you come together and you talk about things you might be able to do together. I mean, for example, my oldest is really interested in watching a lot of YouTube tutorials about makeup and hair, and I am not at all interested in that. However, the fact that she is means that she and I now can spend one-on-one time together and we can watch these things. And then she can try those things on me. 
And then we can have conversations about why she likes certain things. And then beyond that, really talking about, well, you know that you like this video because of this. Do you think you could do something like that? You know, it's sort of an evolution of this conversation where you start with where they're wanting to hang out. Are they gaming? Are they looking at videos? Are they doing social media? And then really making that time to be together and enjoy one piece of content and then have the bigger discussions about the whys behind it. You know, is there something that they really love about this video versus this video? Mm -hmm. And really just being able to kind of grow organically. And I'll be the first to admit that it takes some time, especially, you know, my oldest was 14 when we started this and now she's 15. And so, you know, there's a little bit of attitude that has to be, you know, dealt with along the way. And we're always not going to see eye to eye, but it's been really fun to sort of see what they like by using what they're consuming and making it a family affair. So I know you've mentioned the makeup. How, (laughs) what are your kids doing right now? Like how has their interest in entrepreneurship changed since implementing these practices? So it's changed in a lot of respects. My youngest, um, she does a lot of work for other clients, maintaining blogs, really making sure that videos on websites, audios there, creating some graphics. Um, My oldest one now helps somebody with their podcast and she's publishing and, and really doing all of the sort of the creative aspects for that business. And so it's interesting because now they've gotten a taste of what it might be like to have their own business. There's not much discussion about going to go get a part-time job where they're making minimum wage. And if they talk about that, I will bring it back and say, okay, let's talk about the opportunity. You want to do this thing and you have this opportunity you're doing here now. When you look at those two things, you know, which one is more appealing and why? And Is there a way you can plan maybe to do more things? So it's really been an interesting evolution, again, of having this idea about what if I took them along for this journey into now they're working for me in my business, helping with the podcast, helping with our our website, and now doing those things for other people. So now the question they're asking is, is there somebody else? that you know that I could help because I really like this thing or I like this portion of this thing. So in the process, we're also discovering the parts of their jobs for other people that they really, really love and the parts that like, you know, they could take it or leave it, but they're doing it to learn. Sure. Now, I know that this isn't all about money. Like a lot of it is about, you know, passion and doing what you enjoy. But do you have a sense for whether the money is better doing the freelance work versus getting a traditional job? So my youngest and I actually calculated this out. Actually, my oldest and I, when she was when she was offered a position to help somebody with their podcast, another entrepreneur, and do all the behind-the-scenes things, I actually had her calculate. Okay, I want you to go figure out, you know, how much you would get at a part-time job. And if you were able to work maybe 10 hours a week, like what would you bring in? Versus if you do 10 hours of work over here, like, what are you going to make? And it was, you know, I, I don't even know, remember the math, but I want to say six or seven times more profitable for her to take those 10 hours and devote it to being an entrepreneur and, do, and working in this space versus going to work for somebody else and having to follow all their rules as far as showing up at a certain time and having to, to put in so many hours per week. So it's been really a cool process for them to sort of see 
what the potential is by literally digging, digging into those numbers and comparing them side by side. And how much time are you involved in their business? Like, are you the matchmaker? Right now, I am the matchmaker. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm the common thread that links my kids to who they are working with right now. And I will probably continue to be so for a while until I ha- have a good sense that they're able to go out there and do that themselves because that's a different kind of skill set as far as, you know, like interviewing for a job kind of same thing. Those are skills that we're building on now. But in the meantime, I'm happy to connect them to people that, you know, I respect completely. Their businesses are amazing. They're well aligned with the values we have in our business as far as putting our families first and really, really inspiring this idea of entrepreneurism. That's what I'm doing now. But at some point, I know like when my oldest goes to college, she's definitely going to have to figure it out on her own as far as I can maybe suggest some people, but it'll be up to her then to make those connections ultimately happen. So I know my kids are younger. My kids right now are three, five, seven, and 11. (laughs) I think I got that right. Let's hope, right? So my kids are significantly younger than yours. And I feel like I struggle a lot with time with trying to balance that time because they require a lot of my time to support their entrepreneurial, you know, adventures. Do you have any advice for other people like me who are kind of a, a couple steps behind be behind where you are now on how to manage that balance? For sure. And, and you hit it right on the head with, you know, it's really a balancing act as far as, you know, when they're, when they're younger, they definitely need some more handholding, you know, and when I speak to parents of younger kids, I'll ask them questions about, you know, during the day, do you give your kids your phone to take pictures? Are they watching videos? Are they, what are they doing on that phone? And a lot of times they'll come back and say, you know, they love to take pictures. So it begins there. Let them have your phone for 30 minutes in the day and go take pictures on their own. That doesn't require you that you can enjoy together and talk about those things. Or if there's a podcast for kids you like to listen to, maybe it's one about bedtime stories and you all cuddle up at night. You know, that's a good way to use technology to sort of plant the seed of, you know, maybe tomorrow you can create a story and we can share it with other people. It's really taking those little moments that are already there. We just kind of need to think about them outside the box and say, what can I do with these five minutes with my kids? That's going to be positive. It's going to help them sort of start to think about things a little bit differently because once they go to school, they get into this mentality where they're sort of boxed in. There's not a lot of freedom to do that. So when they're younger, if you let them be curious and explore and use those devices for things to explore and be curious about, you know, you can really start building in this habit of using your devices in a really intentional way so that they know that the the device they're holding can be used to create something beautiful or to share with somebody else. You know, it's just those those little moments, those little pockets, when we have to sort of put on our, our thinking caps and our detective hats and say, Okay, what's what's gonna make sense right now? And it really is all about trial and error, but the biggest recommendation I would say is to be open to the possibility of what you can create in those little moments every day. Are there any platforms that your kids are using right now? Are they blogging? Are they podcasting? Or are they just kind of behind the scenes once you make those connections? 
Right now, they're pretty much behind the scenes. Neither one of them has much of a desire at this point in time to be the face of the podcast or to be on video. They'll do it with me if they know they don't really have to say anything. So if we have to go to a team meeting for one of our clients, my oldest will sit in with me and she'll ask questions and they'll ask questions of her to get her to engage. So yeah, it's just been an interesting process to sort of see them get to this point. And right now, the behind the scenes thing, you know, takes the form of blogging and, and really editing podcasts and uploading those podcasts, getting them ready for distribution. My youngest, though, did indulge me. And a few months ago, I wrote out a little script for the outro of our podcast. And she recorded it with a caveat that I could use it and I could listen and edit as long as she didn't have to be in the room to hear herself speak on audio. Oh, <laughs> that's so cute. My kids, if they would love the opportunity to be in front of a mic. So, so it's interesting to hear how kids that have such different feelings about mm-hmm. how they want to experience this world. And I think that's important too, because it's real easy to get into that habit of comparing yourself to other people. You know, I have people come to me and ask me like, how do I get my kids to do what your kids are doing? And it's Mm -hmm. not, that's not how it works. It's not going to look the same in every family. So I love that. I love seeing how that differs. Yeah. And for your kids, I mean, if they have uh, an inclination to be in front of the mic, I mean, turn on Zoom, something like this, and let them just record. Or maybe there's a private Facebook group where just your family is in, and they can tell stories to grandma about what their day was like, because that trains them to understand that their words and their experiences have value. And that's going to really hold a lot of weight as they grow into adults. That's a great idea. I really love that idea of a private Facebook group for your family. We FaceTime with my mom all the time. And I know that we have other family members, my aunt specifically, who enjoys FaceTiming. But we just, it's number one, it's time. It's time zones. It's all of these things. And that would be a really great way for the kids to feel that creativity. And if we wanted to repurpose it or if they wanted to repurpose it in some way, they can. Yeah, and the cool thing, too, is if you're on different time zones and your kids are called to to do a video at 9.30 on a Saturday, your time, but it's way late somewhere else, they can still record that video in that group and your family can go back and watch the replay and comment and your kids can get excited about someone interacting with what they've created. I love it. That's such a great idea. I feel like that's something we're probably going to implement soon. (laughs) My major (laughs) takeaway. (laughs) Well, I would like to know, have you encountered any pushback from people that say that you should just let your kids be kids, you know, that you're pushing them too fast? Have you encountered that at all? I haven't encountered that yet, but I can definitely understand why people would say that. And just to put some numbers on things. So my kids are not working 10 hours a week. I mean, at most, it's maybe an hour to two. And it's when everything else is done. They still have time to FaceTime their friends if they want. They have time to do their homework. They have time to enjoy a show and just unwind. So it's not as if we're spending every day, like working for other people and, you know, slave labor or something by any means. You know, literally, it's just we're replacing the time they might spend watching a TV show or a movie and replacing that with time when they can help somebody else grow their business in a really meaningful way. 
And I totally agree with that. I hope you know that I don't think that way. I just know I've gotten some pushback and maybe it's because my kids are younger too, but um, I just wasn't sure if you've come up against that as well. I always say that they do like kid sized work. It's like bite. Right, right, right. Well, it's all perspective too, because I think a lot of people who would have that feedback don't really understand what it is we're trying to help our kids develop into as far as these adults who who understand the value of themselves and their work and know that, you know, they can help other people with the skills and talents they have that are unique to them. So I think it's just a matter of there needs to be a little more discussion about what it really is. And for people like you and I to say, they're not working 10 hours a week, you know, maybe it's 30 minutes, maybe it's every other week for 30 minutes, but it's not a lot of time to where, you know, they're shackled to the desk and, and plodding away like we would do. You know, right. it's an entirely different experience. And I love that you said it's kid size work because that's exactly right. The younger they are, the less they do work, the older they get when they develop more skills, they can actually use the, the keyboard to type, you know, really fluently. That's a different skill set. So I think using devices really grows with age. Start where you are, you know, really utilize those couple minutes you know, transition from being in separate rooms to coming into one room and doing something together. And then let that build more discussions about what is the next step? Do they love to do this? Do they love to do that? And maybe in the beginning, what you think they might love is not really what they end up loving. And that's okay, too. It's really just an experiment. So I invite all of you to just experiment with your kids and get curious and really let that curiosity lead to that next step. And I personally love that what you try first may not be what they want to do because I'm willing to bet that everybody listening is not hustling their first hustle. You know, you tried Mm -hmm. something and it didn't work. You can call it failure, you know, call it whatever you want, but it didn't work. And then you pivoted and you tried something else and you tried something else. And eventually it it evolved into where you are today. And I feel like it's true for our kids too. And for them to learn that now, this for me is all about just equipping them to be better prepared than I was. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that word. I use it a lot, equipping, because we're really giving them these tools. And some of the tools they're going to resonate with. Some of the tools they're not going to like. And like you said, There's such a stigma about failing in our society. So if we can teach kids to reframe failure as, you know, it just wasn't for me. I didn't like it so much. I I thought I was going to, and then it was kind of different. So now I'm trying this next thing. And it's never about failing, but it's a little stepping stone to get to where they ultimately want to be. Yes, exactly. I love that. So I would love to know what your number one piece of advice would be for a parent who wants to inspire their child to think entrepreneurially? I would say the biggest thing is being curious about things yourself. If kids see that we're curious about all sorts of different things, it gives them permission to start exploring things that may be outside the box. So, you know, don't be afraid to get on your hands and knees and, you know, build forts with your kids. All these little things that you're curious about in their lives are really going to resonate and help them discover something unique about them that they can ultimately turn into their own business. That's amazing. Well, I would love for you to share where our listeners can learn more about our young creators and connect with you. 
Absolutely. Thank you. So you can head over to our website, ouryoungcreators.com. We hang out there. We blog a lot. We have a lot of video content, podcast content there for you. If you're on Facebook, you can come over to Our Young Creators and the same on Instagram. And if you have any questions or follow-up conversations you'd love to have about this topic, I'm always eager to find other parents, other entrepreneurial parents who want to instill this, this fire in their kids at a young age to help them understand that entrepreneurism could be a viable choice for them. Awesome. And I know that that's true. 100% true. So definitely do not feel bad about reaching out because you're very warm and welcoming. So I, I hope that you make a lot of amazing connections from my audience because I think we're totally aligned and you bring such a unique perspective to this issue. Oh, thank you so much, Meg. It was my absolute pleasure. And I'm so glad we've gotten to connect twice in a very short span of time. And I look forward to our next connection as well. Me too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. You'll find all of the links mentioned in this week's episode and the show notes at megbrunson.com slash 100. I just love how much Yang and her mission and our young creators in general is aligned with Familypreneur. And I'm so excited that I got to bring you this episode, not only in general, but as our 100th episode. Don't forget, if you were interested in the independence class, the Home Alone class, you can visit homealoneclass.com to find out more information about that. And we would love for you to join the discussions in the Familypreneur community. So we are active in that group talking about the topics that we discuss on this podcast, as well as other topics that relate to us as Familypreneurs. You can join the community for free at familypreneurcommunity.com. I do hope you'll join me on Friday for some family reflections and back here on Monday to continue talking about audiences for our Facebook ads. Of course, Mondays are always Marketing Mondays. Specifically, on Monday, we'll be talking about size. Does it matter? Tune in to find out. Have a great day, and I look forward to speaking with you soon. Bye. Don't miss my mom's next episode. Bye.